The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. When you're in love, it shows. One of the ways you know that you are in Sodom is that your passion is not bubbling. A relationship doesn't die the day people break up. It dies when the passion begins to diminish. And so most people break up three to four months before they announce it. Oh, some of y'all didn't get that. The remaining three to four months, they're just managing your emotions to try to see how they can minimize the impact. And so there are many people who are in the church who are not in love with Christ. They're called the bride of Christ. That means there's got to be some emotion some love. So you know, say, I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. That's why the Bible says, yield your body. You know what it means to yield? Submit or surrender. In other words, don't wait for your body to yield itself. It, it will never yield itself. So you gotta move it. Sometimes you gotta dance around. Sometimes you gotta fall on your knees.
Oh! 
us till we're saturated this morning. Feel us till we're saturated. We need to be filled afresh, not just for ourselves, but for the many hurt and broken, dying people around us, many who don't even believe that you exist just because enough of us haven't manifested. So invade our spaces this morning. Every aspect and every area that we have locked up, covered up, fended off, walled off, break through, break open those private spaces. Expose the things that need to be uprooted and dealt with and flood us with your life. Flood us with your light. Flood us with your glory. In Jesus' name we've worshipped. Only one person said amen. You made us seated. You made us seated. One of the things that the church must reclaim is passion for his presence. Not compulsion for the gathering passion for the presence and passion is palpable when somebody is passionate about something you can tell somebody say passion somebody say passion with passion no I'm saying put passion in your same passion say passion with passion is more like it. Say passion with passion. passion. Somebody passion. With anger. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. Passion means that you're saying it from your heart. So say passion with passion. <laughs> Did you say it louder or not? Did I say you should say it louder? So when you're worshiping with passion, you worship louder. Either with your voice or with your tears yeah. or with your body. Then I say you should say it more intentionally. No, but when you said it with passion, there was a bit more intention. So many of us, the reason we've gone to Sodom is that we became too casual in our walk with God. You became familiar with the Abrahamic covenant. You're walking with Abraham, but you became too familiar with Abraham. So when Abraham said, Pick you and say, hey, I'll go and do my own. Some of you, the, you walk with God right now is that you're in what people call the permissible will. God has told, it is not my choice, but you know, we give them bread with leanness of soul. Are you here, somebody? And the enemy doesn't mind fattening your body if it destroys your soul. And so there are many believers who are in Sodom, righteous, but you're in Sodom. We missed it last week. Auntie Helen, it's good to see you. You're righteous, but you're in Sodom. You've lost all passion. And the thing about passion is that it can be generated. It can be stirred. And I pray that we're going to get some time in the first service. Second service is going to be largely prayers. Largely prayers. It's going to take some questions in this service. And then we'll take a few prayer points before we close. But one of them is from Isaiah 52 where it says, shake yourself from the dust. You can shake yourself from the dust. If I let me mention something to you, many of you, some of you struggle to believe that God can snatch you out of a cycle or a habit or a pattern in one moment. People that struggle with that, that's because you're thinking carnally. And the carnal dimension, you're thinking, oh, you know, it's going to take God three days 
or three months or three years, if it translated your eternal destiny in one moment of faith, it can lose you from any bondage in one moment. Just like that, he can do it by the power of God. Not by power, not by might, but by the spirit of God that you can look at the cigarette stick and you are disgusted. They can look at the bed of fornication and say, how come I was even there? By the supernatural. By the supernatural. And I believe that's happening this morning. It's happening this morning. So let's read and then I'll, I'll give you some points and take some questions. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. For context, if you haven't been the last two or three services, you would do well to jump on sound cloud. I can promise you that it's sound and it's not be cloud your judgment. The message is that is. Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 4. Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 4. I'm going to read alone for time's sake, but please follow on the screen and in your Bibles as we go. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. That means the destiny of ungodliness is flawed. It's going to be destroyed. That's the destiny of ungodliness. Look at somebody say, there's no future in ungodliness. Verse 6, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that should live ungodly after. And delivered just lot, or righteous. That just there does not mean only. It means righteous lot. Delivered righteous lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul. So they vexed him and then instead vexing himself. Why? Because the first temptation or assault that you happen upon, that happens upon you, is the enemy attacking you. If you stay in that system, you are the one attacking yourself now. And the worst kind of uh, ammunition is the one that destroys it from within. Uh, Self-destruct button. Something is planted in that person and then somebody from miles away can push one button. Boom! And so that's what Jesus meant when he said, the prince of this world is coming, but guess what? He's got nothing in me. Now, I'm going to explain something that might help somebody, and I did a teaching, I think, last year or two years ago on winning the war from within. You need to go and listen to that again because it's directly connected to what we're, we're dealing with now. There is something called indwelling sin, which dwells in your body. It's in your body. It's Adamic nature. The body has not yet been redeemed, and so the residue of the fall in man still has impulses in your body. Which means that no matter how holy or anointed you are, you still have an appreciation for beautiful women. But the spirit-controlled man can admire without lusting. Are you getting this now? Can appreciate without obsessing. An indwelling sin is the tendency that wants to make you believe that this thing is not possible. But Jesus, he demonstrated in the flesh they can have a victorious walk in the body. 
he was tempted in every way. In other words, if you were tempted with the work of the flesh, so he was. Lust of, what, what's it called? Lust of life. Pride of life, so he was. Lust of the flesh, so was he. Lust of the eyes, so was, she, was he. The Bible says God, the devil showed him the kingdoms of the world. He saw. He was hungry. Lust of the flesh. Kings of the world, lust of the eye. From, jump up from the height of the building. The pride of life. And that is a spiritual temptation. Yes, sir. So you see, the more invisible your temptations are, the more destructive they can be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Come on, people. Yes, sir. And that's why for some of you, the reason you went all the way into Sodom is that you don't want any kind of Abrahamic accountability. <laughs> oh, some of you didn't get that. Hey. You went so deep in that relationship, you didn't tell anybody until you hey. fornicated 300 times and I bought that three times. They're like, at least my abortion ratio is 1 to 100. Because, you know, one of the reasons, I, I don't want to jump the gun. I've already jumped it. I might as well jump before that. But one of the reasons, Lot, I believe, one of the reasons that Lot got angry and went away. And what happened to some of you is this. Abraham was in your space. And so you left Abraham and you went far away where nobody could talk to you. If you're messing up, mess up under supervision. So that somebody can fix it quickly. Accountability. That's one of the lines I'm going to give shortly. Challenge with the prodigal son. The prodigal son messed up in a far country. And there's a mess distance dynamic. The more I mess, the more I distance myself. The more I distance myself, the more I mess following this now first fall Adam Adam where are you he had distanced himself from God because he had become more conscious of the mess than the mercy that's why he said come boldly before the throne of grace my God they might obtain mercy and find grace to help when because the time of need will always come you will always need grace and mercy in the body. Yes, sir. Oh, you're not hearing this yes, now. Sir. Grace is not just a stimulant for salvation. Yeah. It's identification of the divine for the rest of your life. Yes, sir. Are you understanding this? Yes, so the truth is, while the Bible tells us Noah found grace, the truth is grace found Noah. Why could the prodigal son still come back home? Because distance doesn't change your DNA. He was prodigal, but he was still a son. Some of y'all missed that. Some of you missed that. The sheep was lost, but it was still a sheep. The prodigal was distance, but it was still a son. Lot wasn't Sodom, but it was still righteous. So no matter how much you distance yourself, Peter, and you deny Jesus, people will look as if you are not one of us. They will say you are not one of us. Stop trying to feel among. Go back home. Go back home. You don't belong here. You were saved. Right. So let me just give us a couple of things. So we see that, that he vexed himself hearing and seeing all the lawless deeds of the people. Their lifestyle provoked him. And then we see all of that. Are you all prophet? All right. Please let's celebrate prophet josh i thought you were gonna be with us 
the Lord knows how to deliver now. This is what I love about this verse, verse 9. Let's read verse 9 together. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the... Now, so listen, the fact that you're tempted does not mean you're ungodly. And the fact that you're godly does not mean you will not be tempted. Are, are we here? So what should the godly do? The godly needs to understand... That even though I am godly, I already have many years of experiences on, on, on godliness. So I am still more proficient at ungodliness because of the experience of it in my body and my soul. So as a godly person, I need to experience this life and learn how to work it out. So there's some of you, you are amazing at speaking in tongues, but you are babies at overcoming temptations about money. Money cannot see you around. You will rapture it. Some of you is not stealing. It's stealing from the Lord. The Lord can never tell you, drop all the money in you and you agree. It has never happened. But you ratatouille, kikiloba. Ratatouille, ratatouille, katun, katun. But this money issue, like, like the flesh, is king in that area. For some of you, for you to inconvenience yourself outside of your plan. You are so planned. You've planned the Holy Spirit out. So all those things need to be dealt with. God wants your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body. Your whole body. Just think about it. Think. As I love that song, Withholding Nothing. All right, so God knows how to do that. God knows how to do that. Look at somebody say, God knows how to deliver you. Now, verse 10, because I want to isolate a couple of things here. Now, he now says, they are just under punishment for the day of judgment. Verse 10, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise what? So look at this. There's a connection between despising authority and lust of uncleanness. If you can't submit to external government, you can't submit to internal government. Right. Yes, so you will notice in your life, the areas you messed up, particularly lost, if it's a lost matter, you are come out of governance. You are not exposing yourself to a mature believer that can help you or to the spiritual authorities set up in the church or at home, at work. There's a connection between rebellion and lust. Yes, Strong connection. Because if someone outside cannot say no to you and you agree, you will never be able to say no to yourself. Never. And so when you read the story of Esau and Lot, Esau had gone out into the far field and when he came out, what was he saying? He said, just give me pottage. Because when you've distanced yourself from the house, you forget the comfort of the house. Couldn't Esau have said, this is my house as well. Let me go and cry to my mommy. Give me pottage without selling birthright. Are you seeing that? So the more you distance yourself from governance and accountability and spiritual authority, the more you forget the rights in Christ and the more susceptible you are to the enemy. So five major things that were, or seven major things, I'm just going to list it, that will tell you that you are in a sodomic space. Sodomic. Number one, tolerance for sin and sinful lifestyles. Tolerance for sin and sinful lifestyles. You just become, you know, 
Mm. It's okay. Mm. This old gay thing is not even bad. If the Bible says it's bad, it's bad. If God says it's wrong, it doesn't matter whether Oprah or Beyonce or Beyonce, who else? Dr. Phil, Ellen, Chimamanda, it does not matter. My Bible says that homosexuals will have their place in the lake of fathers, what the Bible says. And I didn't write the Bible. I'm just announcing what it says. So when you start accommodating all those things, you know, bisexual, it's just everything, a double-double. Oh, we're all serving the same God. Definitely not. Definitely not. And, and let me tell you why it's important to make this differentiation. It is almost impossible to overcome a wrong if you don't acknowledge it as wrong. The more you justify, the more it destroys your ability to shake yourself off. So there's got to be a brutal cutaway. It is, you can't break up a relationship if you believe that is good for you in a way. You have to be brutal and say, this person is great and good, but not for me. The Holy Spirit reminded me of something you told me a long time ago. I'm going to do a post on in the course of the week. Admit it from a place of maturity. Some bad people are good for you. Judas was good for the ministry of Jesus. Some good people are bad for you. It's all contextual and what, how God is leading and what space should he occupy, occupy in their lives. In your life. Some people are supposed to be your critic. Because critics are research assistants you don't have to pay. Yes, <laughs> Some of y'all didn't get that. God taught me that. <laughs> By the way, you need more haters. Yes, there are dimensions of your anointing that will never become sharpened without hatred. Yes, Somebody's got to hate you enough for you to reclaim your edge in the spirit. Check the whole Bible. Even some of the haters that will become your friends, they have to hate you first. So you can dig Rehoboth, find Rehoboth, and not just sit in an Essek. And one of the ways to avoid hatred or haters is to just agree with everything. We are all, you know, this tolerance, so you got to deal with it. Number two, insensitivity, signs of a sodomic life. Insensitivity to the spirit of God, spiritual dullness. Insensitivity. So the spirit of God is moving in a place you can't connect. Or you refuse to connect. You don't allow it. That's when you start wondering, picking your nose, licking your nostril. I don't know how possible that is. Digging stuff and putting things here, there, and everywhere. That's when you start remembering the text. When the power of God is actively engaged in a place. Everything's got to wait. You shut it down, people. You shut it down. Number three, fleshly ambitions. This one is so important. Because there's so much fleshly ambition in our generation. Fleshly. Ambitions as I will be. So if your ambitions are things like I will be the richest. If your ambitions are directly connected to perishables. So the ambition has to be I plan, I desire to create 10,000 jobs. The ambition should not be I want to be the richest man in Africa. What's the purpose of the riches? What's the, what's the purpose of that? I want to be the richest person in my family. How about I want to be the person that empowers more people? Yes, sir. So that it's outward focused. Yes, sir. Now, even in ministry, there are fleshly ambitions. Yes, I want to build the biggest church in Lagos. I want to build the biggest... I'm, I'm not attacking anybody. 
And I'm not saying you shouldn't be all the biggest. It might be your call. And I'm just saying if that's what you set out to do, if that is your target, the first time we see that kind of target, we see it called Tower of Babel. They said we'll build something that will reach up to heaven. In other words, there's nothing like this that's been done before and God scattered it. Now, it's better for God to even scatter it and for you to know that it was God that scattered it than for it to stand and you think God approved of it. Because that time, you've wasted your whole life and there's no recompense. Number four, self-centeredness. Lot had become so self-centered. In fact, what led him to Sodom in the first place was that he was self-centered. was that it was self-centered. What was the self-centeredness? The Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he saw a lush pasture. Do you get it? A lush pasture, right? And he went for it. Now, look, let, let, let's, let's examine this. Let's say this is where they were, or they were all over the place, right? Now, this was the lush part. This part of the room was the lush part, right part. This part of the room was the dry part. You know what Lot did? Lot took this whole place and left the dry place for Abraham. But that's to let you know that it doesn't matter what land people take away from you. Your inheritance is in your spirit. And that thing in your spirit created the whole world. So it can bring fertility out of a dry place. Which is actually what happened to Abraham. Because when you see all the cattle and all the things that Abraham had, that means they had pastures. Are you getting this now? Yes, so righteousness, consciousness gives you peace. Yes, That's why it says kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. In other words, attack me, peace. Take from me, joy. Are you seeing that now? Now, someone who's not self-centered, this is what he would have done. This place is lush, this place is good. Okay, let's divide it like this. Sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to divide your head. Let's divide like so that you have lush and dry. I also have But there are people today who run businesses. They claim that the business is not doing well, but they are still flying business class. And they are not paying their staff. Sodom. Self-gratification. Self-gratification. Number four, yeah. Number five, self-centeredness is connected self-gratification, but it's a little different. So self-centeredness is the attitude. Self-gratification is the act. So you don't just have the attitude, you also act it out. Now, let me tell you what self-gratification is. Self-gratification is not just, I see porn, I watch, I see a girl, I sleep with her. No. Self-gratification is also, I see ice cream that I don't need and I buy it. Now, I, I, watch this. And you've got to celebrate your wins in those small areas because two days ago or yesterday I was driving with my wife and then I saw pure bliss. I was like, ah, so this thing still exists. I've not had it in months. I, some of you don't know it's a major issue. I, I don't calibrate my spiritual uh, progress by big things. It's the little things because the more you advance in the spirit, it's the little things that will finish you. Little is the chink in the armor. Because after a while, let's say you had an issue with fornicating before, 
after a while, if you're, you know, identify with Christ and you're walking with Christ, your life becomes progressive. And so you're on television like this gentleman. I'm not saying you're dealing with fornication. <laughs> but you're on television like he, like he was. My wife was on television a couple of weeks ago. How many of you have been on television recently or radio? You, they play your song on radio and all those kind of things. You, they'll see your face on poster. As you're progressing, because there's more visibility, you can control your fornication because you know that somebody will see me. Hopefully. <laughs> At least for people whose brains are. But some people, you know what some people do? They will build a different life to a house. They will have secret guest house. Say so they're having private prayer where they are sowing evil seeds. But you see this now, for people, some people structure it because, you know, uh, what's it called? Adultery is expensive. I've never done it. So don't say, do you have experience? <laughs> no, I've never done it. But you know, I counsel people and stuff. So adultery is expensive because you've got to pay things, pay for this one, pay hotel, pay hush money. You know what hush money is? Don't talk money. Pay bloggers to pull it down, not to publish. It's just crazy stuff. And for people who are still trying to find money for data, <laughs> who are adding basic budgets. <laughs> I tell you, it went really deep last week. I don't know if you've listened to the message. It, was, it went really deep. You know, just this works of the flesh and Sodom and things. So, <laughs> so but guess what? So you can, you can curtail your fornication and all of that. But many people, they cannot hide their pride. Because that pride is not very visible and frontal. But it can come out in testimonies. It can come out in your teaching. I have never in my life. Don't let me say, don't let me say anything because some of you are laughing. I don't know. What, am I doing some? <laughs> you know, someone can come and claim they've never done something. Excuse me, sir. I love you, but anyway. So, so you got to deal with the small things. That's my point. Deal with the small things. I'm not saying don't take ice cream. I, I love ice cream. But I take it maybe once a month. Right. Anything that is becoming something you drool over more than the presence of God. Yeah. Just check it. Yeah. Just check it. Yes, Including music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of us love the songs more than the Lord we're singing it to. So, so when, the, when the melody is not hitting you. Uh, all right. Number seven. Is this six now? Number six, lust, L-U-S-T. We've spoken so much about this. Why? Because it's the primary sin of the young man. Lust is the major sin of the young man. Bitterness and pride are the major sins of the old. Bitterness for people who feel life has not been fair. Pride for people who feel like they've got life locked down. Ah, I made it. I thought I'm a big boy. You've hacked it. Lifehacks.com. Hack, hack, hack. Triple Hack International Limited, Ghana branch. 
Ganyan, Charlie. Have you seen the chaplain? Some of you didn't get that. You're too young to know. Too young to know Charlie Chaplin. All right, I, I gotta go because we need to take some questions. Ten reasons you will slide into Sodom because some people are out of Sodom. Those who are not out, you're coming out today. If you're not out of Sodom, you're coming out today. Oh, number seven. Sorry, I'm in a hurry. Number seven, unhealthy independence is a sign of Sodomic, a Sodomic life. Unhealthy. In other words, a lack of vulnerability. Listen, if you're exposed to leader, leadership like I was very early in your life, if you have natural leadership tendencies or your personality is choleric or um, very leadership inclined, choleric, if, if you're choleric and melancholy, you're likely to have this challenge more than almost the other people because the melancholy person goes deep. In your mind, you don't, in your mind, you don't believe anybody understands what you're saying, the way you see it. And it's a faulty uh, thinking. Even, because even though people might not understand the way you see it, you need people to come into your world to give you perspective that you don't have. So if you're exposed to leadership early, I'm like you're the firstborn child, or you started your business when you were six, you, know, you made your first million at 11, all those kind of things, like millions of shillings, <laughs> and all of that. Um, you have a tendency to be independent. Nobody tells you what to do. You got this lockdown. <laughs> if you want to get married and stay married, you got to work on that. Yeah. If you want to last long and not be lonely when you're 40, you got to take care of that. Because if you push people away, the more you push people away, after a time, they stop trying. Yeah. And the reputation spreads, spreads, spreads far. Just leave out or him. That's how. So you have to intentionally surrender some of your thought process to people. Right. Raise your hand here. If I've ever sent you a message, called you on the phone, spoken to you personally, say, what do you think about this? Whether it's a personal project I'm working on or something in Kings. Raise your hand. Really, quick. Okay, about 10 people. It's deliberate. My brain is working. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they are certain, pardon? Very much so, right? But there are certain, thank you, but there are certain things that I've come to realize you cannot see everything. One. Number two, even if you can see everything, you still need people. And part of the way of building relationships and bonds is allowing people into your life. And it's a deliberate thing. Deliberate thing. Another thing is let people win. You don't have to be right always. Let people win. And, and when they win, don't scoff. Even though you know that they are making a mistake. So, ah, good job. <laughs> I don't mean like that, but somehow. Okay, you know what? I'll deal with the rest in the second says for time's sake. Let's take four or five questions. Could be from last week, two weeks ago, or the last couple of weeks. I'll, I'll give you the 10 other things about how people slide into Sodom. have to be the one respond to all the questions so if you have great ide uh, ideas
awareness or experience or revelation in those areas and you want to speak into those areas um, if you're more comfortable writing them down quickly let's do this let's see if we can get a lot in in 10 maximum 15 minutes there are sheets of paper the ushers have some sheet thank you dear some sheets of paper around so you can just write it let me ask i have a question right let me ask a question um obviously i'm asking for a friend <laughs> i'm in an office right not really it's not me <laughs> But I'm in an office, this person's in an office where she has, she or he, has strong emotional bonds, connections. How are you doing? It's good to see you. Welcome. Yeah. Nice smile. Has strong bonds, longings, cravings, affections for somebody in the office. Oh, there was a tweet that made the rounds this <laughs> week. That's not even the one I'm, I'm talking about, but yeah, very interesting tweet, and we could talk about it if we have time. I think we should. But so this person is craving, you know. So the moment this guy walks in, perfume, armor, charisma, charm, she can't think, she can't think straight. So this is real sexual heat. In fact, this lady actually eventually had to sell her microwave and a cooker because things were already hot enough. What should she do? And I'm asking because I know there are at least two to three people like that inside this hall. By discernment, I just now I don't want to look in any direction. Okay, I want, has anybody ever dealt with it? Because we want to get us practical. Who's ever dealt with it? You've dealt with it? Okay, let's, did you deal with it? Deal with it. All right. Oh, I dealt with you. All right, great. Let's, let's go. Thank you. Okay, praise God, church. So first and foremost, I need you to understand that it's only normal. That, <laughs> what now? No, out of, no, 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 no. No, let me land. Let me land. Let me land. Now, it's only normal as a, as a human being to be attracted to someone. But then, don't allow your emotions to control you. Now, I, mean, I, I work in a school and I'm in an office space whereby I'm surrounded by a lot of guys. And on a regular, like the normal days, he had the one to touch and all of that. Yes, what? But it, guys always compliment and then they, they tend to overdo it. Okay. Right. But you have to have someone that you can talk to that can be really, really sincere with you. That was how I was able to deal with mine. I had to open up to someone and say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. What do I do? And at some point, I even had to pray about it. Because you want to teach, and this person walks into your class. You can't focus again. Like, how now? Are you attracted to the guy? Yes. So For, and, and, and the situation was we actually both attracted to each other. So I had to. How how did I had you know to that? Deliberate, I had to deliberately avoid. How did you know that? He was always in my space, always wanted to hug and you know. And so I'm a short person, he's a tall person, so he just wants to like all of that stuff. <laughs> it was just like oh God, like <laughs> leave me not to do temptation situation, <laughs> you know. But 
what I did was I had to open up to a very close person of mine. And when it became intense, I remember calling up somebody that, please pray for me. Like, I'm, if you don't do something about it, I'm actually going to lose it. So, yes. So, you have to have someone that, you know that if I'm on the verge of messing up, okay, ah, please, well, I'm not ashamed to let it all out and say, please, save me. And please, you actually have to pray because it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And you have to be able to be, bl- as in you have to be, um, blunt and say okay guys i appreciate the fact that you are, you like me but i'm sorry this is the boundary and then you have to be able to deal with your own self so what are the boundaries that you've put in place so what i what i do is i make sure that i'm not alone with this person i'm not alone <laughs> <laughs> number one number two i reduce hugs the reduce. Hug. I, I don't even i just wait, he's wait, side wait, dog wait, with him yes and I make sure that people are actually in that space. I would recommend, if you know he's attracted to you, don't hug. Yeah, don't even hug at all. Because that's hugging transformer. <laughs> right. First off. Okay. Noted. Women, women, have I got a witness? True. True. Like, like if, if you hug this guy once, I about to... <laughs> Okay, so I had to make sure that I wasn't alone with this person all the time. I all had right. to make sure... Let's extract the wisdom points. Not alone. Don't be alone with this person. Number two, make and, sure... And let me extend that. Don't be alone with the opposite sex. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As much as is practically possible. Of course, if you're having a medical doctor in your space, you can't necessarily avoid that at certain levels of your femininity especially. But generally, as much as possible... And it's still my policy... Um, till today, more often than not, there are very, very, very few women that I'm ever alone with. And whenever that happens, my wife knows. Are you understanding this? So you got to put, if you're dating somebody, go out. When you say we're going out, what do you say? We're going out, you know? So go out. Yes, sir. Is that not what you say? Say, these people are going out. Is that not the language? And so go out. Go in. This is how my wife and I survived about five years of dating without sexual exchange. Not just not sex, not even uh-huh, all the other things that people do. Say, so I'm not sexing, but your whole body is rubbed. So, so you're dating, go out. Even calendars that have dates can be seen by many. So y'all didn't gather. Piece it, piece it again. Can I, can I, can I? So, okay, number one, don't be alone. Avoid the alone time. And the number two. And, and, and do you know that a lot of things get heightened when you're alone with one person? Yeah. When you're with a crowd, there are different things that are diluting the potency of the moment. Just by natural transpiration. When you're alone, all of a sudden now you can see the curve of the nose all of a sudden you never noticed it before but here now you know this is angle 37.35 degree slant just the way uh, 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 i like it number two have someone that someone that is mature that you're accountable to accountability is key man someone you can easily just say okay you know what i'm about i'm caught out to those doing this talk please 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 
speak sense to my brain. Yeah. Let me reset. This person also knows the feelings of your infirmities and so the person is an intercessor. Which means, a, that mean, which means you have a prayer bank that somebody else is making deposits in. I know some of you have prayer partners here. Great. Many of you who, have, who has a prayer partner in Kings? Yeah, I know many of you do that. If you don't have a prayer partner in Kings, you get into master life. Once you get into master life, even if you're not in master life, you can just walk up to anybody and say, please, I love the way you worship. The way you worship, like your spiritual GP is high. Uh, can you be my prayer partner? And the person has a right to say, oh, you know what? <laughs> right now, I'm partnering myself. Uh, if you enroll me, zero, zero. But, but you need help, man. Everybody needs that. So accountability and someone you can be transparent with. Um, and then you need to be true to yourself because the truth is that feeling is actually not it. Because when you're not getting to know the person, it's not something you don't want to meddle with. So be true to yourself when, and tell. When you do what? It's like if you eventually, if you have to feed that emotion, yes. you'll find out that it's actually not what you expected. Yes, yes. So be true to yourself. Have a conversation with yourself that's really, will Jesus really want to make me involved in this? Yeah. Great. Glory to God. Good tips. I'm still going to, I want IKO to speak about this. I want to speak about, if you have any example that you could work with. But please listen. How many of you ever had a crush before in your life? Crush. Out of, out of few crushes. Let, let me make, raise your right hand. Ever had a crush in your life? Sustain, sustain. Let me make you very uncomfortable. If your crush is in this room, keep it up. Drop your hands. <laughs> like, is this Jerry Springer shoot? All right, drop it. Listen, have you noticed something about crushes? That if you expose a crush, one, to an accountability partner, or you engage that person and you see them without your feelings, the crush begins to dissipate. Have you seen that? So do you know that a lot of your crushes, the power is in your sacred idolization? So when Paul speaks to Timothy, he said, the younger women, treat them like your sister. Can you sleep with your sister? He said, the older women, treat them as your mothers. Can you sleep with your mother? If there's a man beside your sister, look at that person. Say, treat me like, <laughs> like your sister or your mother. And if you don't want to treat me as sister or mother, ask me out so that we know. All right, Ikeo, do you have any workplace, workplace, because um, I know you, you do some therapy and all, so either from your experience or other people as well. How, how do we handle this? You know, because a lot of people are beginning to work now, so their first exposure without accountability, they are in this space where they're, wow, 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 wow. Thank you very much. Um, good morning, church. So, um, you know, like Charlie said, accountability, but I think most importantly, one of the things that we leave out is that we need to keep working on our self-awareness and our emotional intelligence, okay? Such that before certain things happen, now you know you have a certain likeness or feeling towards someone, you know. 
There are certain ways that you can play out where it can lead you to. As in, some, sometimes you know the end from the very beginning. So before you get to that end, play all the possible scenarios. Play it. You can play it. You know, you know okay, fine, I like this guy. It can lead to A, <clears throat> you know, and the other options too. But, so before it happens, you know, one of the things you need to keep doing is to keep working on your own self-awareness, understanding what are your triggers, what are the things that even... I love that! Because if you're dealing with any, I'm sorry to interject, any addiction, compulsive behavior, psycho, or obsession, yeah. once you miss the trigger, you're a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> but God, so you got to know yeah. what trigger, that's the word, please. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Some people's so, perfumes, right? Absolutely. So when you Tell know, us. you know, tall, dark, handsome, and immediately you see, you start drooling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dark, eliminate all the yellowness and the blueness <laughs> before it becomes an issue. Please so when, when you're clear about what the triggers are, when you see them, you know that those are red flags, right? And when you're able to pinpoint what the red flags are, you can deal with... See, there's no emotion that you cannot overcome. Come on. There's no emotion that you can... There's no likeness mm. that you cannot, you know, put in place. So when you're clear about that, you are in a place of power. Mm. So it's about taking your power, understanding the power dynamics between the things that you love and the things that, you know, you should love. <laughs> Yeah, so I think understanding that place of awareness and, and sometimes we wait for the things to happen before we start dealing with it. Yeah, and then you now become office gist. Right. So, because watch this, if anything happens in the office, it never stays between both of you. Yeah. I hope you know that. Yeah. You know. So you want to start dealing with certain situations even before they happen. You can play certain scenarios. So somebody is coming to hug you all the time. It's not the person, you know, before, okay, starts to fondle and all of that before you know this. The moment is, you know, the, the person is hugging you beyond irregular hugs, shouldn't be more than a few seconds. seconds. Like, oh, I miss you. Like, so watch out for the triggers, but most importantly, start building your emotional awareness, your emotional, yes. and invest, yes. you know, invest in programs, invest in books, invest in seminars, invest in coaching, be accountable to someone. Yeah. Be accountable to someone and most importantly, always keep the, the love of God, you know, at, at stopping your heart. Absolutely. You. Beautiful. Thank you so much. But let me just ask one question before Feed says something. Would you advise, like if it's really bad, it's like, Lord God, it feels like things like rain is pouring, like do, do you think that, or would you advise that the person should resign or be fired? Well, well um, not, not okay. so, so I saw that tweet online, and I think that um, truly we need to get to that point where we start taking responsibility for our actions and our inactions, mm. right? So um, the lady that was fired, I, I don't know the full scenario, but she, she probably didn't even know you know, that this guy was feeling this way about, so why does her head have to roll because of that? So in this case, I think... Not um, just saying the lady as a lady. If the lady is a person obsessing over the MD or ED or CD, 
right. if if you get to that point where you feel you cannot control which i think is absolutely you know not true you can control it but if you get to that place where it becomes really obsessive and you think you know what this is getting out of my hands then you know <laughs> just pull out yeah. however i feel that we can all manage our emotions we can mm. all put our emotions on that check yes. but truly some people don't have the resources They've or the resourcefulness trained. you know mm. to be able to do that on their own or get the support or even get comfortable enough to admit yeah you know that they are dealing with this issue that's another key point write that down admittance will prevent admission yeah <laughs> you don't understand you will do before the rapture <laughs> You know, so, so, so if anyone is let, in that situation... Let me explain. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Rosemary. I'm, I'm just kidding. Admittance is, I like this guy. I like this girl. Or she's my speck. I'm feeling some way. Some type of way. And because I admit, I can honestly have a conversation with a trainer, a helper, a pastor, a guide, an intercessor. Because I've admitted so it won't lead to admission. How can it lead to admission? By not admitting, I get admitted into his non-admittance. <laughs> then I'll interact or interface. So either I'll be emotionally damaged, physically assaulted, or his wife will pour oil on me, leading to admission. <laughs> oh my God, they're back! Can we celebrate the Yiddeland people? Thank you very much. You want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to add that. Um, I just wanted to emphasize the place of devotion. Um, from my experience, I found that the times when I had to struggle with temptation are times when I hadn't prayed for Come a on. while. Come on. Paul says in, um, I think it's in Galatians 5, verse 16, he says, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify desires of the flesh. He's careful enough to actually say gratify because the desires will definitely come. Come on. But when you spend time in prayer, and I have found that this works for me all the time, you are building your spirit man. That's true. And one of the fruits of the, of the spirit is self-control. Thank you. Joy, and so... If you, if you spend time praying, you spend time in the place of prayer, and I mean tangible time the mistake yes. a lot of us make is because we have we are very busy so you mm. do your 10 minutes in the morning yeah, yeah. 10 minutes at night it cannot work yeah you need to spend reasonable time and i'm saying at least one hour every day yeah. praying you you'd find that those things do not even appeal to you again absolutely All right? so I, I think it's very important that we emphasize devotion you that must spend time is praying. very important because the Bible says, watch what it says. It says, physical exercise profits what? Little board training in righteousness or godliness is profitable unto all things. So a lot of believers are even struggling to have teaching. Talk less of enrolling in training. Training means I have a routine. I have a regimen. Are you seeing that now? And I love what I said about the fruit of the spirit, self-control is the fruit of the spirit. God knows that you're going to have certain things that will say to you, act back control, act back control. Say me, act back anything. I have self. <laughs> Look at somebody, say, act back control. 
not even remote control right now the fruit of the spirit says love joy peace kindness goodness meekness gentleness patience self-control a case which there is no law self-control is a fruit now fruits are not given fruits are produced so nobody's coming to give you the fruit of self-control you got to produce it so prayer is a production process for the crystallization of the fruit of the spirit so you notice anytime you haven't prayed adequately hell is just like hey lunch lunch is served you, you gotta pray and I, I think I taught that last week as well subduing you subdue I, I started when we are talking about ter- taking territories in uh, I think August, September I said the first territory God is taking in your life is your heart the first territory God takes is the heart and then from the heart begins to take territories of the mind and there are different aspects of your mind I hope you know now, if there were no different territories for the Holy Spirit to permeate and, and, and move into, Jesus would never have said in Revelation 3, to a church, to a church, I stand at the door and I knock. Why is Jesus speaking to a redeemed church? I don't mean RCCG, we love them. But to a church that he bought with the blood of Jesus and said, I'm still knocking at the door. Which means there are territories of your life that Christ has not had access to. You have still locked up that section. This is your auntie. You will never forgive her. You've locked. Christ is not there. I just broke someone's door right now. This auntie, because of you, because of you, my father gave you two million to finish your house. My master's is still waiting. All your children. I will, I will ne- <laughs> Open the door, people. Let Christ break the door. So thank you for that prayer. Solidity. I was going to ask Auntie Ellen to say okay. something about it's- different things, especially because... You, you've worked in the corporate sector for over 20 I, years or so. Yes, 25 years. And for male-dominated, yes. male-dominated sector. Yes, so, so I'm uh, sure that you've had to deal with. Okay, um, so um, a different pers- a, a different perspective that I, I wanted to to bring yeah, here yeah. for for us not to misconstrue what P. Dams is saying. Um, having a relationship in a place where you work may not necessarily be bad. Okay, so you first of all need to know whether the company where you're working with allows that. I've worked in an establishment where once two people get into a relationship, one has to resign because they can't have two adigues working in the same company, getting compensated and all of the whole thing that comes to that one name. Because if two entities like two adigues are working, I will get all the compensation for my family and also he will get all the compensation for the same family. So that's the place where that company is saying, no, mm. one of you will have to go. But then there are other companies that do not frown at it. Like I've worked with Shell, it's a big company. It doesn't frown at that idea. But where I want you to understand what Pidans is saying is when you have an unholy alliance <laughs> where you are a single and you're going after a married person or you are in an unholy alliance even when the person is single and you are going out of the Bible context in your style of dating. There is nothing wrong. I will actually say to people, if you work in a small company, like maybe in a school, it may be difficult if the school is not so large where they have departments where she doesn't have to meet with him. 
she can actually date someone that she's working with in the same school if the person is working in the administrative arm while she's working in the teaching arm where they do not have to always be in the face of each other and they can respect the boundary of being in a work environment. Yeah. Or if in a, a big parasitical like Shell, there are a million and one departments, you cannot even see yourself for one week by the nature of the kind of work you do. You just stay in your shell. You just stay in your shell, basically. <laughs> so that, that's what I wanted to... So that's basically what I wanted to bring out here, that there's nothing wrong in dating someone from your work environment, as long that's as you can respect the Bible limits uh, to working. Thank you, Auntie Ellen. Yeah. What do you, question? All right, because I want us to take at least two more, and I just saw that it's 10 past 10. Wow. So we need to run. Okay. So I have this question. Now, because no man is tripartite, we have the spirit living in the body and we are his soul as well, our minds and emotions. I realize that in times of intense spiritual activity, mm. long periods of fasting, long periods of consecration, or you are going through a transition where you are trying to build basically spiritual capacity, yes. you get tempted the most. Most times you are in an environment where, for example, you could have just gone on from a mountaintop experience and then you are just faced with this temptation, maybe in form of a crush or something, or someone is just in your space. You just realize that, wait, all the prayer I've been praying is what happened? Like, when you come out of the yes. glory club. You know, yeah. you know, I'm, I, that question came up as a result of Fidel's expression, talking about prayers. I understand yeah. that yeah. where you build capacity to yeah. run and God literally steps into to help you. But why do those intense amounts of temptation come after a very pro long protracted spiritual experience? Very important. Because you see pastors fall, all sorts of things. People in high periods of authority, yeah. they, little things just bring You're them right. down. Also. It explains why you can go for a ministration and after you're done ministering from the stage, you can minister elsewhere. <laughs> and I, I love what we're all learning today. IQ mentioned certain things. Self-awareness. Is one of the things that saved me the most. I'm honest with myself. Many people have noticed in counseling, interfacing with you, many people are not honest with themselves. Yeah. So they will say they are not dealing with what they are dealing with. Or they'll say they are dealing with what they are not dealing with. And whenever you say you're not dealing with what you're dealing with, nothing will deal with you. Yeah. So the devil is very strategic. He knows that you've just got that fresh oil. You know, you, can incre you cannot increase in righteousness, but you can increase in grace. You can increase, increase in peace. Grace and peace are multiplied. You can increase in mercy. You can increase in the anointing. God gave the Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, without measure. There are measures of the anointing. So whenever you're devoted to a strong spiritual routine, you're increasing in those things. Because when Paul actually says in Galatians 6 verse 9, if you sow to the flesh, you have the flesh root corruption. So to the spirit, you read of the spirit reap life. He's saying that the first base of sowing and reaping is not I put offering in the offering basket and I got money. Don't forget that money came much later after spiritual things. So the law of sowing and reaping is higher than money. It works for money. Don't, don't, get the, don't let the Twitter emergency theologians distract you. It works for money. But the principle is higher than money. It's for anything seed that you put in the earth. So when you put one hour of intense time in prayer, you reap something greater than 10 minutes. It's not, God is not, he said God cannot be mocked. In other words, God is saying, it will be mockery for you to be praying 10 minutes every day for six months. And I'm praying one hour every day for six months and our spiritual weight is the same. God said, you're mocking me. 
Oh, you better get this now. Don't get so contemporary. I can pray on the go. Yes. Pray on the go, but also pray on the stop. Le kula kuka. Where's the kula? Jalof, jalof. Do that. On the go, I do it. I do it. If you drive with me in the car for an hour, we're supposed to go pray in tongues for about 10 minutes out of every hour. But there are times of the day, call me. I will not pick it. Amen. Because <laughs> number one, I gotta talk to him. Number two, I gotta talk to myself, which is a part of a spiritual edification. Yeah. You speak to yourself, man. You you speak to. Are you get what I'm saying? Some of you don't speak to yourself, but the devil is always speaking to you. Have you noticed? Now, someone said, "I don't hear God." Have you ever said, "I don't hear God"? I don't hear God. Anybody? Like you feel you struggle to hear God at some point. Come on, dude. But do you hear the devil? Have you ever struggled to hear the devil? Which one is your father? God or the devil? So how come you are more proficient at hearing the devil? The truth is you hear God, but you are not hearing him the way you think it should sound. Yoruba God. Oh. Ah, oh, yeah. Give me some. Give me some reverb. I, um, God is not a lion. It's so, so dramatic. So, how do you hear the devil? How do you see words? Do you see words precipitating on the skyline? Is that what happens? How do you hear the devil? Thoughts. How do you hear God? There's, no one knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit that be in him. So the Holy Spirit takes the thoughts of God, deposits it in your spirit, and as you pray in the Holy Ghost or you sing and worship, thoughts will be congealed from the spirit to your mind. So hearing God as an audible voice is an exceptional reality. So when a man of God is preaching high frequency, and I'm going to do that in the second service, I hear the Lord say, what is saying, there's a deep, clear, convicting thought from my spirit that I've got to release this now. So the more you practice godliness, train, exercise, it says that mature people, by reason of use, have their senses what? I love the word. What's the word? Talk to me. Sharpened or exercise. What's an exercise? Run the treadmill, dumbbell, lift dumbbells, push up. That means intentional, repetitive exchange. And so one of the things I did when I was learning to understand divine impressions and the voice of God was asking God silly questions. God, what should I wear today? It sounds silly, but you start with baby steps. What should I wear today? Lord, show me what's going to happen when I get to that meeting. And then when you exercise that and you get it right three out of four times, or three out of five times, you're building capacity. You're building capacity. Just like Spirit of God is telling me there's somebody on that last row who's, who is dealing with anger. You, you were so angry this morning. 
Who's the person? Just raise your hand. Very angry. Raise your hand. You guys, you know who you are. Even this morning, there's a trigger. But there's somebody on this place. This this road. Thank you very much, sir. So I can see, and there's more than one person. But there's something that happened. So you can you can at some point say the gift of prophecy is concentrated intuition under the leading of the spirit of God that's why there are some people who are not born again that pick up signals it's intuition when it's refined and sanctified it will come as sharp as prophecy because even your spiritual gifts there's an element of it that is wired into your physical combination evangelist you're always happy like I can be evangelistic, like I, I can break the ice in any place. Energy, I have energy for hundreds. I don't get tired quickly. <laughs> Wife said I don't get tired at all. <laughs> so there's a part of my wiring and my upbringing and configuration that predisposes that, right? Which also makes me not the best listener because my mind is already hearing what you're not saying right but there's some of you don't have a lot to say so it makes you a brilliant listener because you don't have a lot to say but you can listen and process and then you just say one out of ten things and it makes sense so why does that happen the enemy strategy this last thing feel the glory of god over here come rosman mantua skilatus perudos kia duvesis inclos kutequa si protopelias bidosus zinoska can you remove your shoes? Mandosa. Plekunki kakoposa. Mintatoria subatis. Three things are going to happen to you over the next one year. A door to a nation will be open to you. Not just open, you're literally going to travel into a nation. As a promotion, as an elevation. The other thing that's going to happen is the oil of God upon your life. Particularly as you play the keys will literally bring healing healing literally a healing anointing a healing anointing a healing anointing maduarosa also say the lord perfecting the work of healing in your own body is perfect in the work of healing in your body. Welcome to a new day, 2nd of February 2020. Welcome to a new year, a new day, a new season in your life. In Jesus' name. I'm going to minister more personal in the second service, but let me just I need to tidy this up. So the devil knows that you've packed anointing packed oil and it did it to Jesus 40 days by the way let me also mention something to you one of the ways in which you increase the anointing is not just not sinning and habits and all of that no anytime you consecrate yourself from anything do you know part of consecration not watching television it's consecration staying off your phone is consecration not gisting is consecration the spirit world recognizes that that's why even the negative supernatural the people who are not born again but to get power or to be spiritually charged they stay away from certain things don't sleep with their wives for three weeks 
they go into a bush and say they are going to a spiritual island some of them are new age people but they understand the spiritual things so 40 days 40 nights concentrate the anointing you're coming out from the mountain devil knows that if you trip what happens is what happens is not that you've lost everything you've carried it means you've lost confidence in making a demand on all that you carried and the bible says cast not away your confidence which has a great recompense of reward which means that the enemy understands that confidence is an access code in the vip lounge of god that's one of the biggest issues with repetitive sin. it erodes your confidence that's one of the biggest things so if you can after your 40 days and 40 nights watch the psychology let's go logical you trip in that moment you feel bad lack of confidence you know what you're going to tell yourself if after i pray for 40 days and 40 nights i still messed up what can save me in this world so what you do is this if you fail you fall you will go to your advocates he says we have an advocate with the father in other words i felt my advocate didn't fall and what gets people convicted in court is not their wrongdoing it's the inability of their advocates to prove their innocence so you take off the blood and say i plead why do you plead the blood because the condemner the accuser of the brethren is saying do you plead guilty or rather he's saying you're guilty the judge his word says are you guilty or not he said i plead the blood that's why you plead the blood is a legal thing the blood is a legal token you plead the blood number two when you go up a mountain you, you are never designed to live on the mountain never you are designed to live on the earth so the the daily engagement with the flesh and overcoming it watch this is necessary for your maturation because you can be given gifts through impartation but you develop strength through your daily walk and you need strength for your assignment not just gifts these sticks you jump on this jump on this the drums play something on the drums just just anything just play something on the drums just just play anything anointed taqua sidosas the Lord will multiply the wealth in your hands and will use gifts to recognize your gift just play play feel free play Inside of him for him to deploy the skill he needs his legs he needs his hands he needs his mind he needs strength to express the skill he needs strength to express the anointing 
He needs strength to express the gift. Anointings can be given through impartation. Strength is developed through exercise. So temptation is necessary for the, for the development of your strength so you can carry out the anointing you've been given by impartation. And that strength is never developed without lifting weights. Because I've asked God, why would someone be struggling with sexual sins or struggling with selfish ambitions and all? God said it's necessary. Are you getting this now? In Jesus' case, it was necessary for him to be our example. In other words, if Jesus had messed up in the flesh, no hope for any other human being. No hope. And God wants you not to depend on the highness of his service. He wants to depend on the presence of the Holy Spirit. So that whether you are doing a 40-day fast or a 40-second tongues blast you can still walk with the power of the Holy Spirit glory to God we'll go deeper in the second service anybody got something this morning thank you to all the discussants the generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this grown community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.